it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of New Horizons. In this episode, we commemorate the life of Ivan Malloy. Back in 2016, I interviewed Ivan at the closing of the Overseas Cultural Branch. Ivan was a founder of that branch and ran it for many, many years, doing things like organising braille paper for blind and vision impaired people in some of the less well-off countries, shall we say, than we are here in Australia. I have to say that that interview stands out as one of my favourite episodes. I've done over 300 episodes of New Horizons since I started back in 2015. And it was a really interesting discussion. Ivan was a fascinating man and lived a fascinating life. We're going to hear that interview this week, as well as some comments made by David Blythe. David, of course, was a founding member of Blind Citizens Australia and has been president several times. Let's start now with the interview with Ivan Malloy from March of 2016. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the program. It's a pleasure, Vaughan. Firstly, why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Firstly, uh, would you like to know my age? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not young, I'll put it that way. Now, I lost my sight when I was aged 11 as a result of two accidents, really. Uh, one was as a result of children throwing stones and then a uh, week or two later, I received a further knock into the, that particular eye. Then I had to go into hospital, and unfortunately, that affected the other eye. And what is known as uh, sympathetic ophthalmia caused blindness. And I was age 11 then. I'm in my late 80s now, Vaughan. And um, of course, I had to attend the school for the blind. And after leaving school, of course, I worked. I was teaching Braille and touch typing to the elderly blind and travelled all over Victoria doing that. I was employed by the um, Braille and Talking Book Library. But then I got into welfare. I worked for the Association for the Blind in those days as a welfare officer stationed on the Mornington Peninsula. And I understand that you were instrumental in starting up what was originally called the Overseas Cultural Branch. Do you want to tell us about that and and your reasons for starting that branch? Yes, Paul. Well, how that came about, Lorraine, that's my wife, we had the opportunity of um, travelling to Sri Lanka, and I'm going back 40 years ago today, this year, and... um, I had to leave from work and had the opportunity of um, going over to Sri Lanka and we'd been put into contact with people over there. They lived in a suburb called Rat Malana and um, they were telling Lorraine and I about this school for the blind in Rat Malana. So naturally I wanted to have a look at it and uh, we went along and had a look. And It's quite a large school. They had over 200 pupils but they were lacking in a lot of equipment. And so when we returned home, I contacted the Braille and Talking Book Library and organised for a lot of equipment to go there. We went back again about three years later and I was asked then by the principal of the school would I be willing to come back at a later date and uh, teach the boys all about cricket for the blind and... um, 
to and for the girls to learn to play swish. And um, so I said, well, I'd certainly like to do that. So anyhow, we, we organised it. And uh, as a result of that, we uh, organised to take a group of vision impaired and blind people over to Sri Lanka in nine, late 1981, 82, we were there over the New Year period. Those uh, blind and vision impaired people came from New South Wales and Victoria. This occasion I had met and spoken to several Lions clubs whilst in Sri Lanka and they assisted us greatly on this particular occasion when we went over with this group and um, we played a few exhibition cricket matches and we also introduced them to playing bowls, uh, indoor bowls and we wanted to highlight the potential of blind and vision impaired people, of course. That trip proved to be very successful, really. And um, on our return home, we thought, well, look, we should do something to assist this school in various ways. So we decided to form this group here, known as the Australian Cultural Branch. So I approached the people who attended the George Vale Centre and explained to them what it was all about and would they be willing to join this group to assist children in Sri Lanka. And of course, yes, they, they jumped at it. From memory, we had approximately 30 members and then it began to um, spread across the third world countries, actually, and we commenced to send what was now what we termed braille paper. Actually, Vaughan was Kodak photography paper. And um, there, were, there were quite a, a number of blind people who used to work at Kodak, actually. And I knew one in particular. Uh, he, he would get the offcuts and uh, use them for brailing on, and he was corresponding with uh, two or three blind people in Africa using this photography paper. So anyhow we commenced sending this paper away and because we also sent other equipment as well. But throughout the years, uh, and we operated for uh, 34 years really, one stage we were actually sending equipment to 26 different organisations for the blind throughout oh, 10 or 11 countries. We were sending to Pakistan, Bangladesh, Fiji, India and... Um, just to name a few, over the years, Vaughan, we would have sent thousands of dollars worth of braille paper and other equipment. And uh, we, we had the opportunity, Lorraine, on one of our trips to Sri Lanka, visiting a hostel for the blind. We went down and had a look at this hostel. I had 30 residents in this hostel, and they had one shower. Wow. For 30 people. And we actually saw blind people being taken down to the river, nearby river, to have a wash. By this time, the um, friends whom we originally were staying with, um, the three teenage daughters had all married and had children of their own by this time. Anyhow, we stayed with one of the daughters and her husband, and he was in the building game, and he said to me, Uncle, I always referred to us as Uncle and Auntie, if you go home and raise the money 
piece of material I'll organise to have a new shower block built and he said It'll, there'll be no labour costs whatsoever and he did that that's amazing isn't it it is and he built three showers for the ladies three for the gents non-skid floor couple of hand basins in each shower recess and um, also a big wash trough outside where they could do their own personal washing by this time we had um, been in contact with a school known as the Tangor School for the Blind, deaf and blind actually, and um, we um, organised to have mosquito nets because there's plenty of mosquitoes in, in Sri Lanka, I can assure you. We also built a fence. They didn't have a fence around this particular the school grounds. They didn't have a fence around it because people would just wander across and animals would wander across. In fact, on one occasion, one of the children, unfortunately, was bitten by a dog and um, didn't look too good for a while, but it was all right. turned out to be okay. And uh, we organised to have a new hostel built for the boys, those two or three major projects but there were other major projects as well which took place that sounds incredible i understand though that the branch is about to close do you want to go into some detail about that yes well unfortunately when most of our members to be quite honest most of them probably passed away 70 80 percent of them passed away and um others are in care and there's only it's about five or six of us who remain. We're all getting older and um, we found that it's just impossible to carry on. We haven't for the last couple of years. We have not run any fundraising activities. We always had an annual barbecue drawn up until uh, last year. So I think in total we had 33 annual barbecues, but we used to run other major fundraising activities and conduct various raffles and things but we've just had to stop it over recent years so we decided only very recently that look we'll just just have to call a call it a day with we've been operating now for 34 years and we just cannot carry on mm. but just one thing i would like to mention vaughn when we got really involved in sending braille paper. Well, we got our own guillotine thanks largely to the Lions Club of Sandringham. The uh, guillotine cost us $6,000 and we only had to find $1,000 and the Sandringham Lions paid the other 5000 Now, it was an excellent guillotine. It wasn't a new one, of course, but gee, it was a good guillotine. And... Um, we used that for many years, and I had braille markings put on it so as I could operate it myself. And uh, fortunately, I didn't lose any fingers. Once I had retired, which was some years ago, I was putting a lot of time into uh, cutting paper and and organising uh, other activities. And we would have working bees periodically. We'd have 10 and 12 people here working bees our members and a few help, other helpers and uh, we would wrap and pack the paper and into two kilo packs and send it. We would send away probably 
several thousand packs of this paper annually. And it was all post-free, of course, paper going overseas, provided it wasn't going by air. Mm. But unfortunately, um, some of it commenced to go by air to to Sri Lanka and some other places, and I realised, well, we should be paying for this. But they weren't saying anything at the Mornington Post Office about us having to pay. Mm. So um, Vaughan, I didn't say anything about it <laughs> until they got a new manager at the Mornington Post Office. <laughs> <laughs> and the manager contacted me and said she'd like to see me. So anyhow, they explained that you know, we'd have to pay, um, not, not the full rate, but we'd have to pay. And I said, look, we, we can't afford to do that. I said, no, we can't possibly. Anyhow, I contacted BCA. BCA wrote a letter to Australia Post. And cut a long story short, we had an interview with them here in Melbourne and showed them exactly what we do, the paper, etc. And um, they said, look, we'll allow you to send it post-free. And what's more, they even went a step further and printed all the custom forms for us. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that saved us a lot. They printed thousands of them mm. for us. And also we're very fortunate, Vernon, the help we received, all the wrapping paper for the Braille paper was provided free of, of cost we, um, through a, a gentleman we knew and also a relative of mine was in the printing business and he printed all the names and addresses of all the organisations whom we were sending to. So we're very, very fortunate Mm. in that regard. Well, that's terrific. Ivan, I would like to personally, and on behalf of Blind Citizens Australia, congratulate you on all of the work that you've undertaken for people in third world countries, especially for for blind children. And I wish you well for the future. Look, I appreciate that, Vaughan. I appreciate the opportunity of having a chat and um, with you. And I wish you and all... All the vision impaired and blind people, all the very, very best for the future. And that was Ivan Malloy, who's been heading up the Overseas Service Special Interest Branch for Blind Citizens Australia. That branch is closing, so that's a very unfortunate thing for us and also for people in those third world countries that Ivan mentioned. And as I said, that stands out for me as one of my favourite episodes of this programme since I started at the end of 2015. Now, here's David Blythe, former President of Blind Citizens Australia and founding member. Well, Ivan and Lorraine Molloy um, uh, had made a visit to Sri Lanka where they uh, visited a blind school and, to put it nicely, they were appalled at what they saw. So, uh, Ivan being Ivan, um, thought that something had to be done about it, so he he got a group of people together and he took another group of people, blind people this time, to Sri Lanka to visit them. I wasn't one of them, but a number of the people uh, were. And uh, they, as a group, started to try to do something, but that was a bit fragmented because they were from New South Wales and various parts of Victoria. Ivan was living on the Mornington Peninsula at the time, so um, he certainly drifted out of that concept into getting some local people who were mostly all clients of Vision Australia at the time, down at the George Bell Centre, and 
with that group of people, he started to uh, raise a few funds, and uh, he also took over from a guy called um, Harry Warland, um, getting paper from uh, excess paper from Kodak, which they used to use to make photos, and cutting it up for, and making it a braille paper. And uh, they started to put that together and sent it overseas to these schools. And I understand he sent it to about 60 or 70 schools throughout the world. Uh, and um, it was a, a great project while it lasted. One thing is that the the real catalyst that kept them together was the providing of the braille paper. Uh, you know, uh, you mightn't realise, well, but braille paper costs four or five cents a cop a sheet. You know, it's very expensive, and uh, because in those countries they can't afford it, um, so that that source of paper has dried up because we don't uh, print photos anymore. Uh, and uh, but what they do do is a little bit of fundraising and buy a bit of equipment. And that I think if um, Ivan, uh, someone's contacted Ivan to look up got a braille. Uh, 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 Perkins I don't need any more or I've got a couple of braille slates or I've got a bit of equipment that could be used by a blind person in a developing country, <clears throat> even magnifiers, anything at all. I'm quite sure I would uh, have a way of sending that to somewhere where it would be well used. There was a celebration at Ivan's place. Can you give us some information about that and how that went? Yes, um, John Simpson, who's on the board with... Uh, of BCA and Bill Jolly, who a long time past secretary president, uh, executive officer, and still on the finance committee, and myself went down to be with Ivan and the remaining members of his um, group. And uh, Ivan gave a brief history uh, and Lorraine also of their work, and uh, it was a very pleasant uh, lunch, really. And uh, we all sat around and told a few stories and uh, and really it was a, a very pleasant celebration of a, a great period in in BCA's history I feel and uh, and it's something that BCA should be very proud about that uh, it has been associated with this group of people and this group of people who are part of BCA. And from one former president to another I'm going to read you now from a tribute that John Simpson wrote about Ivan. Ivan dedicated his life to addressing the needs and aspirations of people who were blind or vision impaired, both within Australia and internationally. When I first met him around 1957, Ivan was working with the Braille Library of Victoria as a Braille teacher and welfare officer. He was later employed in a welfare capacity with the Association for the Blind at the George Vale Centre in Mornington, Victoria. He was highly respected as a tenacious advocate on behalf of the organisation's clients, as much within the organisation as externally. Ivan was also among those who understood the value of social and sporting interaction among people who were blind, and many of us benefited from his work in encouraging teenagers to take up blind cricket, and then valued his wise guidance to ensure that we fully enjoyed the social activity that surrounded the game but in a way where we rarely overstepped the mark. Ivan served as president of the Victorian Blind Cricket Association in the 1960s and was active with the game and its administration at the national level. In 1981, Ivan led a group of 16 to Sri Lanka, where he already had developed 
close connections with the local blind community. This tour, which incorporated blind cricket, swish, blind table tennis, and many opportunities to experience the local culture, formed the basis of Ivan's long-running commitment to supporting blind people in Sri Lanka and in other Asian countries. With his lifelong partner, Lorraine, Ivan worked tirelessly to provide financial support and material aid to the Ratmalana School for the Blind and to similar organisations. Much of this work was undertaken through the BCA Overseas Cultural Branch, which Ivan led until its closure in 2016. The branch's major project over many years was to cut to size and package paper that was provided by the then photo processing company Kodak. To accommodate this work, Ivan gave over the workshop at his Mount Martha home and had his driveway reinforced to accommodate the heavy vehicles that delivered the paper as weighty rolls. Ivan served on the NFBCA Council, the forerunner to the BCA board, for several years and was acknowledged for his outstanding contribution to improving the lives of blind people when he was presented with the BCA David Blythe Award in 2005. Our thoughts are with Ivan's wife, Lorraine, and his extended family at this time. I'm sure you'll agree, an amazing man and uh, thoroughly likeable as well. I'm Vaughan Benison. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660, 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream.